1: What is up? Welcome to episode number 250 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the Scott Stapp-loving Nick Pollock. How you doing, Nick? How dare you? What is happening? Don't don't say that. I am so tempted to. <laughs> I, I know you already know of this, but I'm so tempted to make <laughs> you listen to Scott Stapp's Marlin's song, oh, "Marlins Will Soar," live on the podcast for the very first time. Oh uh, but God, I won't. Fast. I won't subject that to you because we have so many other big things to talk about. It's a milestone episode for us. It's 250, and mm. to celebrate this milestone episode we're going to be talking about a new updated rankings yes. from you how did you how would you feel
2: i i felt like i wasn't scott Stapp because scott Stapp is the worst like no i don't like scott Stapp. i just want to make sure that's understood okay he came out here and said scott stap loving i got to correct this yeah you said you don't like him so you love him yeah <laughs> the musicians of creed aren't bad and altar bridge is great but Scott Snap is not not a positive however this list certainly is and a positive for many guys and we're going to talk about it i'm excited to have this update i uh it's a, it's a month after i put out the you know, 30 thousand word article the top 200 starters mm. uh things have changed there have also been a, a lot of back and forths that have been very productive uh, as they always are about certain guys, and I've changed my approach a little bit, but nothing too drastic. I don't think uh, the general philosophies that we'll talk about a little bit about how this is made and the, the draft approach that we don't necessarily see eye to eye on, and that's fine, but I'm gonna stick to my guns here.
1: No, that's good. I, I mean, there's well, there's a few things, too, before we get to the list. And now everyone knows what we're going to be talking about today. But there's a few things before we even get there. One, if you're not on PL Plus right now, you should be because, I mean, Seriously, it's just like all the feedback that you need about drafts, even if you're in the middle of a draft and you need a question answered, who should I go with? Should I go with this guy or should I go with that guy? The Twitter news section lets mm. you stay up to date and all the amazing things that are happening, all the injuries, all the demotions, all the promotions, all the playing time news. It's just the best place to be. Also, we really Really hope you enjoyed that super pod oh that we did with DVR God. and Eno. I know we did. We're still pretty giddy about it. It was it was unbelievable. It, it, it was. I've said it before, but really, that
2: was a dream come true. I mean, it's mm. DVR. It's Eno. Like that was the best.
1: I yeah. I really hope we get to do something like that again sometime in the future. Because I mean, <laughs> the- amazing. There was a moment too. just so you guys know, like there was a moment where we were talking about Julio Urias and Eno's like, oh, you know, that's new. I didn't know that. I think, I mean, Nick and I let out a high pitched screech so inaudible. (laughs) That. like it was like what like you know uh, some alien call that call like makes everyone in the movies like close their ears like what's that mm. sound coming from that was nick yeah. and i because we were so excited but yeah. we couldn't act like it uh, also you know it should be said we we lost the um the podcast tournament yes to we them. lost yeah, yeah we which we're totally we fine were, with Yeah, you know, they're saying co-champion no 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 no, no. yeah second we lost. place. but that's fine but but with that said a big thank you to everyone who got us to mm, second place absolutely all, all the people who voted for us to even get to second place i mean what a, what a terrible time it is to be alive. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and having that, you know, was a nice what? thing to look forward to at the end of the day. You know, I'm such a miserable person. But oh, man, I can look Fast. at Twitter how? and see that was, uh, was really we? nice. Everyone,
2: we all love you, Fast. You're the best. We, we, we keep seeing your star ascend and uh, we're all so excited for you. So how dare you bring that uh, Trevor Huth approach uh uh uh, what is the word i mean he's always going oh my god self-effacing yeah self-deprecating there it is okay
1: yeah i'm sorry i just just blacked out i just blacked out and put you on mute for 20 seconds so with that said we've we've got all of the uh we've got all the announcements out of the way so i want i want to get into this top 100 and i'm actually you know i'm i'm actually happy about this the fact that you and i in these past couple of weeks and months, have not necessarily agreed about a bunch of pitchers. I think it's actually good and exciting. I think it's wonderful. I think it's really nice, and it, it makes the board bets a lot more fun. And I will say this too. Actually, I'm sorry. Before we begin, and I think this is beneficial. We're in the middle of our pitcher list legacy league draft are. Right now. And one oh, of the man. things. Oh, go <laughs> yeah. ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, I mean, I had this moment. I had. Hmm. I was staring at it for a good like ten minutes because Fast and I are back to back. I'm 6th and Fast is 5th. Mm-hmm. And going back your way, I think it was either the 10th or I think it was the 12th round. I I was debating between oh, yeah. Tyone and Aaron Savali. And here's the thing, I knew I knew your next pick was Aaron Savali. Mm. And I I I really want to roster Tyone. I mean, I you guys know this. I uh, I actually got to talk to Tyone. Uh, text back and forth with him. And I'll, I'll go into that a little bit later. But I'm so very much in. And I sat there be like, do I spite fast and possibly miss out on Tyone? Or do I just go and get Tyone? And I did it for you fast. i let you have him.
1: That's very kind of you. I would not have. I definitely, as you, you know, I picked him. I was hoping that he was going to fall to me. I knew that I had to take him there because I knew Dave Sherman was interested in him, and uh, I, I would not have taken Tyone as re, as repercussion. Um, I, I'm trying to think: Are there any? And we won't talk too much about this. We'll probably talk about this in our next podcast once this draft is complete. But so far, have there been any instances in which I have taken someone from you? And I'm trying to see if there's been an instance which you have taken. Well, I someone mean, I wanted. Me.
2: I did want to get Savali. I mean, okay. I, I wanted to roster him. Hmm. I, I, I did like your Presley pick. I was actually maybe considering that instead of Alcantara in the tenth, but I love I actually kind of believe that you thought I might take Presley. So then you openly said inside the Discord, Oh, we're just gonna let him take him. Knowing that you I will no. take take
1: Alcantara and push me in that direction. So here's the thing with that. Uh, even after after I took Lance McCullers or something, um, I just saw the way that the draft was going. And I saw that mm-hmm. Sandy Alcantara still was available. And was I wonderful. saw that you had not taken your second pitcher yet. And we we're coming into the 10th round. And I said to myself, this is just going to happen. I mean, I messaged you <laughs> before. And then I, I, I said, how are we going to let this happen? And then I deleted it because I didn't want to sway anyone. Uh, But uh, then I, I said it right as you took the pick, because I just couldn't believe that we yeah, as a group was let wonderful. you get. Sandy Alcantara is unbelievable. I'll say that I don't think I was between Eugenio Suarez and JT Real Muto. Mm-hmm. Um, and you ended up going JT Ruto, Real Muto. The deciding factor for me was um, I'm a little worried about the broken thumb. Sure, I'm a little I worried that. about it. Yeah, um, but I, I I think at the end of the day, the thing that it would hurt the most is his steals. And you're not really drafting JT Real Muto for steals. Uh, so, and then uh, you know, other than that, like I think maybe I should have gone Bichette instead of Seager. Uh And then I mean, here I am with a Randy a Arazarena on my on my roster, Man, and I've never true. never had that before in my life. Yeah. Never did I think I would. But the I, last thought you I thought you were, were going to take Rizzo from me.
2: Um I know you're in on Rizzo.
1: I'm not, I'm not no, no I'm not necessarily super in on Rizzo. I think he's gonna have a nice bounce back, but I, I like taking Bell really late and one sure, B is one okay. yeah. B is so deep, and then I finally got CJ Crone. I will say this, and I said this after you took your most recent pick, which is Otani. What's mm. kind of exciting about this draft, I think for both me and you, is like rarely have we had a team filled with the guys that we've actually been really yeah. excited about coming into the year. Uh, and now we'll actually, you know, so, so often you get excited about a guy, you don't have him on any of your teams. And then you really kind of forget, oh, is he doing great? Is he doing right, poorly? Right, 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 But now how Lance McCullers and how Shohei Otani go is how theoretically our teams go, you know? And,
2: and, and Sandy Alcantara. I also got Sixto Sanchez mm-hmm. because, I mean, the conversation with Eno and, and DVR did push me in favor of Sixto a little bit. Uh, I I was planning on taking Kluber. I'll be honest, because I wanted Kluber too. Uh, yeah. I was planning to go Alcatara, Kluber, Tyone, and actually like make that work. Uh, but Ian Post got him to start of the 11th, and Sixto was still there. And actually, if you see my rankings, I have Sixto above Kluber, uh, today. So I'm w- I'm fine with this. And in the shocking, shocking events, this is what I do every year. And guys, we'll get to the top 100 in just a moment, I promise. But I actually took Jacob to Grom first. I, I didn't yeah. really think I was going to do this. I was in the sixth position. And I I did this just for this league because I know, you know, normally in the other leagues, I, I, I'm not egotistical and think like people care about my things. But I know that like the staff is hyper aware of my rankings and how my strategies are. So you have to, I have to change it slightly for this. And so I went to Grom first and I decided to go after that. What Eight hitters in a well, row yeah. after? seven. So. No, eight.
1: You're right. Eight. I think one, two, three, oh, four, man. five, it's six, a lot. seven, eight. That yeah, it's, it's a definitely. Lot. I'm looking at it now. It's eight. That's what was so funny to me. It was like you were almost so disgusted with yourself that you yeah. went with a pitcher in the first round that you had to do that and. <laughs> Really, you have Jonathan Metzeler to thank for that because I was, I said, to, I said in the draft as I chose number five, mm. okay, I'm doing this because I want DeGrom. I don't have him anywhere. I'm 100% right, going right. to take DeGrom. But then he chose Trout, Trout. over Soto. Uh, and I said to myself, I would have taken DeGrom over Trout. Uh, just just for fun, I think it would have been fun to have some Degrom there, but I just yeah. could not say, okay, I'll take Degrom over I Soto. Loved, I just I would have loved to have Soto. At the I couldn't five. do it. I couldn't I couldn't give him to you. Yeah. I just couldn't let Juan Soto fall to the sixth. <laughs> um. So all right. Anyway, we you brought up Corey Kluber, and that should transition us and and where mm-hmm. he stands in your rankings, and that should transition us nicely into your new top one hundred. So before we get to who the new appearers are, before we get to the biggest risers and the biggest fallers, I would like to know what you're, you've already hinted at it a little bit. I imagine some of the things that went into changing the list was conversations. We've had conversations you've had with the staff, conversations that you've had with Eno and DBR. Um, How much was that weighted in what you were doing and how much was injury and how much was, if anything, spring training performance?
2: Right. So I've been saying this a lot is um, this has felt very much like the offseason that I have to... I feel like Bruce Banner almost where I'm trying to suppress the Hulk who wants to come out and be like,
1: no, give me Joe Musgrove. Mm. Give me six, six inches. I'm
2: going to stop doing that voice now. I promise. And no, like, just- I and I've been instead be like, no, I got to be smart. I got to take Patrick Corbin because that should be a rebound. And Zach Granke is still really good and going to get mm-hmm. lots of innings and so on. And in one of them, you know, is Corey Kluber to me where. There's, I understand the hesitation. It's essentially, oh, no, 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 he's been pretty much out for two years. Not one, two years. Mm. And to expect him to be Klubot of old is kind of crazy, right? Like, since 2018, right? So everyone wants to kind of say three years, but it's kind of funny. It's not. It's two. I uh, Here's the thing, though. Corey Kluber isn't going at the price that his v- actual ability is. Corey Kluber mm. is a top 15 pitcher. You can't even say top 10. You know, entering 2019, actually even entering like last year, I think. I mean, I had him around 20 or so because I expected him to come back. He he didn't. That wasn't good. Mm -hmm. But Corey Kluber was at 91 and change on Saturday. Just, I mean, he's supposed to go tomorrow. We're recording this on the 17th um, in the uh, early evening. And uh, Kluber's great. Kluber's missing bats. He's looking like Corey Kluber. Uh, Hi, I want this. 38th and he doesn't even need to go as your 38th pitcher off the board he's going like past 40 i mean that's the moment sure he's gonna be like your sp4 yeah right and not your sp3 or two and you gotta i think a lot of people are terrified of this idea in 12 teamers that oh no if my sp4 doesn't come through i'm screwed and I just don't believe that for a second. I mean, I, I know it's easier from where I'm standing where I do the SP roundup and I'm I have my finger on the pulse as best as I can. Like that's my job is to be as close on the pulse as possible. Yeah. So I feel comfortable in season. If there are lapses in my draft, I'm able to patch those holes. Carl yeah Cooper so- is exactly the guy though that like Okay, I'm willing to patch that hole if I need to. But man, I mean, you're going to, you could have a draft where you have four aces. You know, I mean, it, it, that, I just don't know why you don't want to take Corey Kluber at that point. I love you to death. I really do. Thanks, the,
1: beginning, the beginning of the I just love it. It's like it was that was such a roller coaster. The question was, <laughs> how do you wait? What's going into oh, your rankings? Stop it. You, that was a five. Just, minute, it was a gorgeous where? little three-minute tirade on Corey Kluber. But
2: let, let, let's get back. <laughs> let's I can't help myself. It's so I know. important that I we know. get that point
1: home i understand get that. Hey, I, I, I understand that and i'm very appreciative <laughs> and I, and that's why i didn't cut you off and i just kind of sat here laughing so i was like okay here we go where's oh the ride gonna take me but what yep. so i but i do think it's important <laughs> for people to hear who are listening um how much are you what are you waiting and how are you waiting it are you waiting right. feedback are you waiting spring training results at all uh, what yes. are you waiting and how okay
2: so spring training
1: i'm waiting
2: i uh, i I'll put it this way. Like, veterans versus younger pitchers are different. Veterans, uh, I'm giving a longer... period of time to get back to normal because they aren't rushing. They mm-hmm. aren't like they aren't having to show up in camp and prove something. They have a spot. They've done this before. You got to rely on them that they'll be there opening day, right? Mm-hmm. So don't worry about like Granky and I uh, really honestly Corbin or Morton until the week before, which is not what you want to hear, but you have to. However, with the younger guys, Garrett Richards is a good example, uh who who is trying to prove something, trying to get back on track and it's t- showcase that they have this ability, you should be expecting them to perform like they are early in spring training because they've been training for this. They're trying to be their very best from the beginning. They're not easing into it mm-hmm. like others. And if they're struggling now, I believe that they will be struggling in April more. Uh, so there's there's always nuance attached to this. But yeah, I'm certainly favoring. Look, Mike Minor, good example. He's throwing 92-94 now, as opposed to 90.6. Like, I am taking that into consideration yeah. heavily, Yeah, you know? So the, the, it's with everybody. Like, is Velo difference? Are there Velo mm-hmm. differences? Are they using new pitches? We got excited about Matthew Boyd's changeup. Rightly so. That was an amazing pitch last year. Unfortunately, he lost his slider and fastball command along the way. But we didn't... Mm-hmm. But, we were right about, hey, new changeup. Hey, it's working. That yeah. likely will stick. And it did. Right. So that's the kind of stuff you can follow during this. And I did make some
1: adjustments based on that. In a in a pitcher heavy keeper league, are you spending uh, a dollar on Matt Boyd? A pitcher heavy. Like it's a uh, pitcher. Excuse me. Pitchers are very inflated. How much are you spending? How much? What's a good oh, thing? What's a good price for Matthew Boyd? Is $4 well, too much? I'll, I'll say this. I mean,
2: there's no correct answer for that because, I mean, there's every, auction dollars are very, very relative to the league. Um, yeah. But I, uh, with Matthew Boyd, if you are investing in Matthew Boyd, recognize that he doesn't have a great schedule early. It is Cleveland, and then it's a bit of a rough patch. And you, if you are interested, you have to be willing to be conservative with him. Like, I would not feel comfortable getting Matthew Boyd and then starting him for April blindly. Yeah. I, I just I can't do that. I do feel that there is more of a significant chance than we are giving him that Boyd could turn it around. Yeah. he was pitching hurt last year. He didn't have a slider, which is the pitch for him, added the changeup. Um, I hope the velocity is good enough around 92 and change, uh, and the command is there. But we just don't really know right now, and it's too much of a haze for, like, Twelve teamers, yeah, no. But if you're like, if it's such a shallow, sorry, such a thin waiver wire pool in that auction hypothetical starter heavy auction league, mm. then yeah, I would take a chance on
1: Boyd because he's probably better than what the wire will be in May. That's my home league, so I was happy to hear you say that. Uh, I had him uh, so four for four bucks. Ch- no, I had a chance to I have a, I have him for a dollar because we're using the 2019 rosters and I have a chance to keep him for four. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I think I'm about to trade my first round pick in the minors for a ten dollar Joe Musgrove, which I think is going to be okay. OK. I don't All think right. that's that bad, Um, uh, but that was just a purely selfish question. But now I want to <laughs> get into the actual bulk of the list. Now, there are no changes in the top 11. OK, Um, right. but I want to say this and I, I don't even know if I am being facetious when I say it is Jacob deGrom in a tier of his own in some ways, it feels like it, right? Yeah.
2: Uh, I can't ignore the fact that Shane Bieber has pretty much never been on the I.L. Mm-hmm. Uh, and DeGrom has had, I mean, he hasn't missed, like, significant time, but he's had some weird things, and you know, Jeff Zerman put out this incredible, incredible predictor of injuries, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the highlights of, like, the variables you see from guys that are have heightened injury risks, of course, is the velocity that DeGrom is throwing. And it's like, 100. He was what is it, nine pitches in the first inning uh, above 100 miles per hour something stupid. Yeah, it was insane. Did. Yeah, and so it does feel like the Gram is just amazing, and he is. But I can't ignore the fact that it, there is the sense that this is too good to be
1: true. Right? Oh, don't say that. So many people are going to be very. They're going to play this clip if he ever gets injured or something like I, that. Oh,
2: I don't. You know, I don't want guys. Of course, you know, no I'm one, one wants a that.
1: I'm a I realist.
2: I, I like I I, I But broadcasters I, yeah. don't
1: want kickers to miss field goals when they say he's he's never missed a field goal, but sometimes it happens. You know what I mean? That's the <laughs> jinx. Yeah, so is
2: someone gonna like quote that right before then the next time they kick a field goal to you? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what they'll quote. <laughs> uh, there really isn't any too much market change really inside of the top 25 overall. I mean, Gallon's dropped a little bit. I imagine that's because of the innings pitch concerns. I've
2: really debated between him and Woodruff, but the fact is Woodruff's also on, has a capped ceiling of innings too. And you mm-hmm. guys know me, I'm a Gallon gal, so I just couldn't do that. So yeah, 14, 15 is Gallon Woodruff now.
1: Yeah, I dig that too, because listen, at the end of the day, I think eh, Milwaukee will be quicker to go to the bullpen than Arizona will be because they've got a much better bullpen. Uh, so i think sometimes and i don't think that's gonna that to me is like a tiebreaker thing
2: yeah woodruff has been kind of immune to that when he's like actually like in season he's been like the brewer that they'd lean on i know 2020 was a little bit weirder but 2019 yeah. he showcased like no i got this i can go seven innings if you need me
1: maybe i'm wrong i thought he had a third time through the order penalty at one point that it's was possible uh, yeah
2: it's very possible a lot of guys do most guys do
1: The first kind of big change that uh, a player that I consider big, I guess it's drops more than five spots is Charlie Morton at 29 listed below Denilson Lamette. So there was a little bit of a there between Lamette and Morton. So talk, talk, talk us through your logic on that one.
2: Yeah. So, okay. I, I, essentially my, in my efforts to hold back the Hulk, Mm -hmm. I, I swung the pendulum, I think a little slightly too far and I was I propped up Morton Corbin and Granky a little too much okay. slightly more just and and then and then I kind of thought about this and I said okay Lomette is the injury risk if he if he didn't have that injury risk like Lomette is top 20 top 15 I mean it, it was ab- absurd how good he was last year throwing at times 99 on his fastball well, not sitting there but hitting 99 maybe 100 <laughs> with legitimately the number 1 pitch in baseball last year right mm. that slider mm-hmm. i but the fact that he has injury risk brings him down here same kind of thing with morton is that like i think if he goes 190 innings uh or let's just say 108 the average of the top 20 um morton could be you know a top 10 guy too he's showcased that in the past so they're both kind of linked in this way of both being effective but we have our major hesitations about injury And I decided to give the edge to Lamette because, I mean, he was just a little doper last year. (laughs) He was just that much better. Uh, And so I have concerns on both, but I decided, you know what, um, has showcased more of that upside more recently. So I'm going to give him the slight one pick nod. But I mean, that's tier six. It's like it's all. And then Paddock is kind of thrown in there because, like, I don't know what you're going to do with that fastball, buddy. So,
1: yeah. I know that is so much to and and you know as you said this is a tier in and of itself right and I think that's a very good tier I mean that's they all kind of have these kind of same concerns
2: yeah Patrick Corbin losing two spots I still like Corbin a lot at six, at yeah. thirty so
1: yeah. Fan. Yeah, I'm with you. So once again, we have our next tier, Tier 7. Not too many changes here. A lot of guys just kind of staying the same here. Um, Ian Anderson, though, he dropped 7. That, that's a little drastic. Where do you see that drop coming yeah, from?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think the conversation with Eno and DVR also exposed myself a bit with Ian Anderson. Um, so I've been saying this a lot this entire draft season, and I'm sticking with this where you essentially want to have four guys that you trust through the year. That like you're drafting them. And you know, yes, that guy, that guy, I am going to be holding. I don't think his performance is going to be so bad that I drop him. Not necessarily the innings, but the performance, right? Uh, and Ian Anderson, I think, is the very end of it. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think there are concerns about his walk rate that he won't necessarily fix it this year. I did like. I remember us talking about this back in October. Uh, where you weren't really buying the fastball and change up because the movement profile wasn't quite right and it wasn't really it's so funky. And, yeah, it's weird. And I understand it. Um, I think Ian Anderson in 2022 is going to be up higher than 42 on my rankings. I think he's going to be like top 25, honestly, hmm. uh, something like that. But I think the he's going to have some surveyings limit. I think there's still things to develop inside that repertoire. Maybe even second half Ian Anderson is better than first half Ian Anderson as he just. Gets that development, but I was looking at this and like Pablo Lopez and Aaron Savali. I think they're more of a finished product at the moment than Ian Anderson is. jesus Lazardo, even though he has things to figure out, I still think he has a higher floor and can do more than Ian Anderson. Sixo Sanchez, same thing. McCullers, Alcantara, Barrios, Kluber, Tyone, right? And all of those I'd be very happy with as my number four. Sometimes a number three, or heck, even a number two, like Sandy Alcantara is for me. Mm. Uh, so. I grew them all together and I kind of make that the cutoff. as it gets like Frankie Montas at, at tier eight. He also dropped seven points. I don't know if Montas is going to be healthy and in a rhythm like he showcased that volatility last year so I figured that was the good spot to to cut it off
1: yeah that was a little bit surprising to me to see him drop that way because I mean in spring he's looked very good so far and that to me has me buying maybe a little bit more of that bounce back but yeah I mean maybe maybe this is kind of a better landing spot for him because as you said it does bake in a little bit more of that injury risk which has been prevalent with him um and not not for just one time you know
2: Yeah, I still have a 43, though.
1: Yeah. Like, I think that is slightly higher
2: than the consensus on Montus. So I'm still in. Like, I would like to have Montus, but I recognize that the other ones I feel a little bit more secure with.
1: I also noticed here too that so you have Aaron Savali up a little bit was that just because you were dropping other dudes down or that was like okay yeah I want I want to put him up a little bit more
2: yeah I I'm excited by the arm circle changes the fact that he's you know focusing on a four seamer which is really good uh the fact that Aaron Savali uh essentially Aaron Savali's weakness has been his fastballs and Mm -hmm. if he's improving that and doing things to make it better uh that's a Good thing, right? It, it, essentially making his weakness not as bad, and not to mention last year, say for the eight earned run start, which I'm kind of throwing away at the last game of the season, it was a sub four e rate otherwise. Um, and, and to that credit too, I mean, we just saw Tyone go off and do and throw four seamers all of a sudden. Mm. He's throwing them elevated, had a twenty two percent swing strike rate on them. Mm. I what like mm. that's good. I remember you were showing some concerns about like is this four seamer change going to work? Uh, Like, is he going to change from a sinker guy to that? I'm convinced that the four seam is working. Uh, It was at, uh, I think, about 94 miles per hour in the past. It was around 95 uh, for Tyone. I mean, he had success with that 94. I think I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do. I am curious. Like, we only see him like three games now. You know, I I wonder if Tyone is just going to continue to improve with more starts as well. So I, I see a guy that's like fully healthy now. Uh, cruising, uh, improved mechanics, right? We see like the different arm circle to we'll tie on to and this is this is only like a great thing, you know? He was a really excellent pitcher before and now he's back and healthier. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. just excited.
1: I feel like, I mean, I, I definitely a couple weeks ago was uh, a, a little bit more out and then I think you've changed my mind a little bit. I, I still don't know if I'm fully bought in, but I will say this like, I think Jameson Tyler is going to be one of those guys where if he dominates in the first three starts, you're like, duh like right like right well, of course of course he's <laughs> g- awesome like of course he's awesome uh so yeah I, I, it's gonna be the I, other I'm, side too Where are like all of a sudden he's is go like yeah we were worried we didn't see it you know yeah how could we not see- yes <laughs> So I'm, I'm pretty much ready to be disappointed and shocked either way well, there we um, go uh so i do want to talk about i i'm i was a little shocked as well to see not a drastic fall but john means down five what did you think what, what went into that so, okay,
2: John Means down five was more of a product of uh, pushing up others. Um, I think I okay. pushed Aaron Savali above him, Urias yeah. above, um, but I'm still at 47. I still have Means in top 50, and I think he's like, I've seen, I don't know, 60 and 70 otherwise. I'm still very much in. I I do also notice that it's likely, I think, the um, the Red Sox twice to start the year. Yep. Maybe Red Sox, Yankees. Yep, And you may not want to start him for those, um, yep. which is really contrarian to what I've been saying that if you are getting a guy and you're not starting him right away, then what are you doing? Yeah, but it means you know, well, is the one guy is the one
1: guy that I'm like, just endure those two because I feel after that he's just going to soar. You've been consistent with that when it comes to me. so you, you've, 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 he, he has always been the asterisks on that statement. Sure. Um, when it comes to Soroka, uh, I think it's obviously no surprise You put him at forty-eight. We don't know when he's, uh, you know, pitched for the first time. Let's say it's May, uh, end of May or whatever, and he's back. Uh, where is he debuting? Man, end of May. Oh boy, I, I'm I'm hoping with this with
2: Soroka that's like mid to late April.
1: <laughs> oh no no yeah, I, I, I ignore the date. I just meant when he's back. Oh okay sorry. okay. Who, when he's back. Okay, <laughs> you scared yeah. me. I was like, what did no, I? Miss? No 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 no
2: no no All right. no. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Soroka. Um, I mean, he's he's essentially like Zach Wheeler to me, which is more, which mm. is uh, which is Kyle Hendricks with more strikeout upside. Right. Okay. We we compared him to Hendricks, but it's like, oh, but he can strike out more guys because his slider and changeup. He has a slider and changeup as opposed to like just the changeup of Hendricks. Right. Sure. Uh, sure, he has a curveball. They threw like eleven percent of the time, but Hendricks doesn't really get whiffs on that. I. Uh, so that's the thing about Soroka. Next time you see the list, which will be March 29th, I'm going to start the weekly, uh, the list with me live streaming it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so check that out on, at noon on Mondays through the year, Eastern Time. I will be streaming Nick Pollock making the list.
1: All right, not to put you on the spot, and you, yeah. I, I give you the right to change your mind. Will that be the 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 debut of First Pitch March 29th? Yes, it will be. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You nice. so heard it here first. Out. I'm starting on the Monday, so you're gonna have to do it over the weekend fast. Oh no, I don't mind that. I, actually I'm I would be that's Passover and I'd be driving back from Florida anyway. So but yes, I would have been happy to. Okay. Um but uh but yeah, I'll be live streaming that
2: so eight thirty in the morning to ten uh, I will be doing the first pitch podcast and then in season that turns into also the uh, the S B streaming article for the yeah. day. Fantastic. So eight thirty to ten. Nick in the morning, cup of coffee. <laughs> Better than Nick um, at night. Yes, I, I tried to see like Nick at morning, and I was like, "No, there isn't. There isn't." And Nick at light mm-hmm. didn't want that. Nick in the morning—that's what we're calling that. i uh, But but yeah, you will see on that Monday though when I do the list. If you guys remember from last year, I have a fringe starters table where I take out all of the injured guys and mm-hmm. I add in also all the ones that I almost added. Like I don't have JT Brewbreaker here today. Uh, oh, interesting. And he was like 105 on my list or whatever, uh, something like that. And I decided not to go after it inside of this one, but That's he would be on the fringe, right? Um, Carlos Rodan, for example, like we just, uh, I'm out on Rodan. He hasn't been good for a long while, but I can see a situation where he starts to get swings again on that slider and that can work. Uh, so you'll see that on the 29th. So you'll be alarmed. Soroka will be off this list. Uh, likely Sonny Gray will be off this list, but yep. I feel, I feel like, that's in preparation for the regular season. Well, this is more in preparation for your drafts.
1: Yeah. So I, I want to um I want to move to some of the guys who had bigger rises and falls. And I I'm gonna raise my threshold from five to about ten because we've got a lot of guys that I want to get to, and then I definitely want to get to some of these unranked guys. Sure. Uh, so the first one who had the biggest rise is uh, 13 for Domingo Herman.
2: Mm, Domingo Herman. All right. Um look, I, I'm not thrilled with Herman necessarily pitching in the first place. Is a garbage um, human? Yeah, uh, but but very good pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very good in 2019, uh, especially in that first half, and then kind of fell apart a little bit by the end. But uh, we're talking like 25 to 30 percent strikeout rates, and mostly a sub uh, four ERA and nice WHIPs. The whole thing, he's killing it in the spring. He has the fifth spot. I put him at 72 in the original ones, I believe, or maybe it was 73 because I didn't really know how Herman would respond. Uh, because it's been so long, but whoever had the fifth spot, it was David Garcia or Domingo Herman, I would want him on my fancy teams. He has just been more of the great pitcher that we saw before. And I feel like Herman is possibly one of the best values in your draft at the moment. Um, he's gonna be in my SP sleeper article that comes out next week. Uh and Ooh. I I would I would be drafting wherever I could. I mean fifty-seventh starter. He's before the injured tier. And I don't, I don't really see, like, yes, I recognize that he could, you know, it could not work out, uh, as is everyone in this tier nine could, uh, but Herman has certainly showcased the ceiling before, and he's looking like that guy right now. So I would
1: go out and get him if I could. What else is coming out next week? Pray tell, isn't there some other big thing? There's a, a whole,
2: on? there's a whole thing. Fast,
1: well, let's hear it. On
2: Monday, So everyone's Mm -hmm. been looking for the draft outline that I do every single year where I break down uh, by position and round. Well, I'm making a larger piece called the Ultimate Fantasy Baseball Guide for 2021. (laughs) But that's also going into, if you guys remember from our draft tips article, a lot of the things I discussed in that and really as much as I can outlying all the philosophies and strategies that I've been talking about on these podcasts about (laughs) getting the starters you need, you know the uh, taking risks, understanding that you're going to patch those holes, and really, really addressing what I still want to call the biggest myth in fantasy baseball: fast. You're you not, drafting a best ball. You're not drafting a best ball. You're not. <laughs> you're not. Those fantasy pros rankings. That's a Man. best ball ranking. Don't what? adhere to that.
1: What is this new flip flopping you've been doing? This and then Shohei Otani You're flip flopping on. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> Flip flopping on Shohei Ohtani? Yeah, you used to love him and now you hate him. Avoid him at all costs. You say it's unbelievable. Oh
2: my! Uh, it's fast. crazy. Stop! Stop it's doing this to our precious, wonderful
1: uh, uh, listeners. Uh, oh, it's they I know raised the truth. Ohtani to fifty two. Oh, so you're you mean you're going to tell me that this is the truth about Ohtani, and you're also going to turn around and tell me that Marco Gonzalez right now is getting raised eleven spots? I my heart almost stopped. You oh, raised Marco, Marco Gonz- Gonzalez. 11 spots? I was like, is he okay? That's what the flip-flopping is. Did Uh, someone check in on
2: Nick Pollock? (laughs) Marco Gonzalez was raised a ton. Uh, If you notice, he's surrounded by a lot of green. A lot of green. A lot of green. Uh, I'm recognizing with Marco Gonzalez that, like, I, I mean, it's still at 64. In no league, yeah. am I drafting Marco Gonzalez? But I recognize after you've gone through all of your exciting pitchers, you know, your Tristan McKenzie, your Domingo Herman, Jordan Montgomery, James Paxton, et cetera, you have your injured starters, right? You have your Chris Sale, Syndergaard, and Severino, which will be stripped away in that next update of the list, just so you guys know, it'll be in the fringe mm. table. Then it's between Dallas Keuchel and Gonzalez, and I thought to myself... Keuchel's been like a good ratio guy for longer and has a better team to get wins and is not in a six man rotation and he should have more wins and has been doing this for longer. So I put Keuchel ahead and then I kind of thought, all right, I'll just make this the Toby tier. And it's also because like I had Drew Smiley higher and Mitch Keller higher. Uh, and I just didn't, I'm not as excited as I was before about them. I was like, Fine. I recognize a scenario where I want Marco Gonzalez at this point. Yeah. So fine. He's I love it.
1: I love it. I like it a lot. I, uh, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Cause I think we see eye to eye on it. I think, no, okay. I think we see eye to eye on it at least, but it brings, do another- where do you, where do you have him? Uh, he's my number four pitcher <laughs> yeah right yeah uh he uh, um i brings up another point that i think wait, i don't think it's wait. something we've ever discussed what what is it what do, do you want do you have him at 64 do you have him at like 48 well if people really want to see where i have him they could check on friday when i release there my updated top 100 that's uh, what i was looking for uh, oh, there you go there you go sorry well this is uh, this isn't about me it's about you um it's about us it's, it's about, about us. us it's about us. Um. <laughs> I was talking about this, I was talking with, you know, one of the things I loved about Michael Aheado's list is that it was bat crap crazy uh, and I mean that and, and I'm and I, and like he knows he knows that I feel that way you know this isn't some secret but the, the why I love it so much is he created a really refreshing list that to me is not the list he thinks people should see but the list that he would then go into a draft room with right sure and what I want to know like if, I, if I'm speaking for myself personally I'm trying to think more so of other people in mind because I don't have the chutzpah to say no this is the list I'm taking in, into hand do you feel that way as well where you're thinking "Oh, this of, is
2: my list This is 100%. This is it. This is your list. Yeah, this is. Oh, yeah. That's what the list is every single week. It is my list that if I were drafting today, this is how I would rank them.
1: So right now, if it was between Marco Gonzalez and Mike Miner, you would take Marco Gonzalez by yes, by one pick.
2: And it's like so close. And I have Mike Miner right underneath. Look, I am excited that Mike Miner is throwing harder now. Yeah. I'm also very much uh, recognizing that the floor is lower for Mike Miner than it is Marco Gonzalez. Michael Gonzalez, at the very least, has been a four year a guy and a 390 year a guy in the seasons outside of 2020. I'm not, look,
1: I'm an emotional man, but I'm not a blind man. Oh, very nice. I like that. I thought thought you were saying I'm an emotional man, but I'm not a blind man. But. No, that's it. That's the okay. statement fast. I was ready I was <laughs> waiting for the next part of it. I was for the next part of it. Uh, all right, the next so we talked about Mike Minor. the next riser is Carlos Martinez who rises 25. I mean, are 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 do you feel the community is a little bit too out on him because of oh, what man. was a terrible and also right it off 2020?
2: Number 2 on that article. You don't even need to read that article. We're just going to get it revealed this this uh this podcast. Yeah, Carlos Martinez is like so undervalued. Yeah. Um, what a wonderful sense he's like so undervalued Um, but no Carlos Martinez is throwing 94 now that's what we've been waiting for he used to be throwing 94 to 95 or so I uh, and he's has a lock in the rotation it's not one of this like is he gonna close is he not is he gonna be in the rotation no no he is definitively in the Cardinals rotation he has two amazing secondary pitches in his changeup and slider He's throwing 94 plus. Now, I wouldn't even be surprised if by the end of this, he's throwing 95. I'm very much in on drafting Carlos Martinez. uh, And I actually was even tempted to push him into this top 60. But I decided, okay, you know what? There is some risk. He hasn't been truly dominant as a starter for a good while. Fine. You can still get him um, in your later rounds as I have him at 68.
1: I didn't know that they had... uh, I know Ross Research was a little bit back and forth earlier on. I'm glad to see that. I didn't know that they had fully committed to him being like 100% in the rotation.
2: They have... Michaelis is is hurting.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: And like he's their three. It's like Wainwright, Flaherty, and him. And then Kwan Yun Kim. And then then they're like, huh, who's the fifth? I think it's Daniel Ponce Leon, but it's 90... Actually, it's John Gant. It's John Gant, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's John Gant now. Like, yeah. Carlos Martinez has got it. Don't worry. It's fine.
1: Yeah. But right now, I just like, and this isn't, uh, you know, I-, I can't say this enough. Like, the, the roster resources is one of the most indispensable sites ever. Oh, my. I- I rarely believe the Cardinals in particular, once again, not because of anything of, uh, that, uh that the, the work that goes into that, there's an immense amount of work that goes into that.
2: Yeah. Jason does uh, a great
1: job with it. He's yeah. an, unbelievable, but I just feel like they just change things around so much. I mean, like with well, their closers, I mean, Yen, closers. Kim, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's and I, I just, I like, are, is it crazy to think that Reyes could still one day be a long relief guy? Like, I don't know who knows. We'll see. Yeah. Uh,
2: uh, I, I, I I will not forget the fact that at First pitch Arizona, I, I remember rolling my eyes when someone mentioned like, oh, maybe Alex uh, race is going to be starting again. And I rolled my eyes not thinking that people could see it. And then I got called out. I was like, oh, <laughs>
1: oh really? <my> God Yeah.
2: <laughs> I felt so bad. But I was just like, he's not going to start. We've been waiting for so long. And it's just not going to happen. It stinks. And as much as I want it so badly, mm-hmm. it's just we got to just temper our expectations. Under promise,
1: over perform. With yeah. Alex Reyes being a starter. I don't know if you... I, I I know that... Well, I know I'm always popping in and out of your mind, I like to think. but Always. Uh, but, uh, 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 I mean, just based on how many DMs I send you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, was there any of me in that, that little noodle of yours thinking, yeah, maybe I should drop Drew Smiley a little bit because he's down eight spots. He's down eight
2: spots just because I... Uh, it was such a small sample. Not the fact that he was—I I, know—I saw your tweet. Don't worry. It was like ninety-five, then ninety-four, mm-hmm. then ninety-three, and changed ninety-three. Um, he has been ninety-three in spring training, and that's a good thing. Yes, but I—I I very much recognize that I'd be shocked if Drew Smiley survived the entire season performing well. Oh yeah. Um, still, I would be interested drafting him and seeing how he does early on. And he's at ninety three now, and maybe it actually gets pushed up to ninety four by the start. But yeah, you know he's still in that like, like after the injured tier, it's you have some Tobys, you got Keiko Gonzalez, Minor, Davies, Rizzi right? And mm-hmm. then you start to get like my three that I'm like, okay, Martinez, and Smiley. I want to try those three. Mm-hmm. And then it's tier twelve where it gets a little bit messier, um, some intriguing things, but some not, and smiley at the very least i'm like yeah i could okay this could be actually a a huge reward play in april
1: yeah i hear you on that and so what about keller i mean i i i am someone who has uh mitch excuse me um he's the he's the next person he also dropped eight i watched the start today and i'm not you know spring training but a command is not looking yeah the command is starting to scare me six which is good
2: Uh, he didn't know where it's going I understand, but the fact that he has that ability, like I think Keller Keller in you know, I've said it a lot, and it's a term I've been using this uh preseason is a, is a guy a finished product or not. Hmm. I wouldn't say that Mitch Keller is. At seventy one, for someone to at least have the blueprint of success, they haven't necessarily put it all together. Hmm. But this is something that over time, I think Keller throwing doesn't have to be 96, could just be 95. Edo made this excellent point about 90 to 94 being like the same kind of results in play. But once he hit 95, then things get a lot easier as a pitcher. Yeah. So throwing 96 and maybe pulling that back to 95 and change. Okay, fine. Uh, He still had over 30% CSW on that forward seamer, over 30% on the slider as well. Uh, in today's outing, it was 1.1 innings. He had 0.1 innings, allowing four and uh, runs or something like that. And then yeah. he came out, had a good second inning, right? Like, I'm fine. Like, you know, we. it's well, not enough for me to judge this. Uh, the reason he just dropped seven points is because
1: I wanted to elevate the other guys instead. They did that weird thing, too, where they actually took him out in the first because he had thrown 5,000 pitches. Right. And then they let they him should. start the second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. So that was interesting. And yeah, I mean, once again, it's spring training at this point with spring training starts. I'm like, OK, interesting. In another week, I'll be like, OK, a little worried, but not yeah, at sure. that point. Not at that point quite yet. Uh yeah. Let's move on to the optimistic. Another big riser jumping up 21 spots. Nathan Iavaldi at number 76.
2: Yeah, he gets your O's first. OK, well, moving on. That, um, he's, he's throwing 100. And he gets uh, which is very good. He actually pulled back on the cutter, I think, which is not what you want. You want him to actually be throwing that cutter a lot. Uh, I think he threw it like over 30% of the time in 2019 when we liked Eovaldi. Mm. But uh, he could be experimenting more things with a splitter or whatever. You never really know. The fact that he's at 100 miles per hour and gets your Orioles with the Red Sox lineup up behind him. All right. I will take him in that first start. Okay. Yeah. All right. My poor Orioles. Right, getting, right getting above him is on. more interesting to me, which is AJ Huck. Uh, Because Mike fires is hurt right now. And my understanding is that puck might actually be in the rotation to start the year. Wait, AJ pucks down at 83. He's at 75. What?
1: You gotta, you gotta refresh. Oh, Oh my goodness. So what happened there? You changed it. This is that's actually good to know too. It, it looks like in the last couple hours or so, you changed AJ Puck. I think I sent you. I sent you the the preview. Uh, yes, and, that's, and that's what I was published. looking. At. Yeah, 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 that's it, my yeah. fault. That's my no, fault. no, no, no. But that's actually that's good to know. So yeah, I was like right above what what happened here. Um, so, but that's good to know. So you had AJ Puck down a little bit. Is there anything that caused you to change him in the last? Uh, no, last so couple minutes? so
2: he's at seventy five because I actually was like, wait a second, didn't I hear something about Puck getting more of an opportunity? Because we haven't seen much of him and i was actually ready to almost even remove him because i was like oh he's not going to start but then i was like wait no no hold on mm. he could easily be in the rotation and his upside is upside it's great he throws super hard and has an amazing slider like this could work out too i uh, so that's an interesting dart throw to take at the end of your draft definitely definitely monitor aj puck in the next couple of weeks yes. he has a rotation spot to start that could be very very interesting And then you get a
1: great name in Puck Everlasting. Um, Of course. Yeah. Of course. I like Uh, that. that, That's why you draft for the names. Mm. Um, I I would even get a Raphael too. And then do Puck Devers lasting. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Puck Everlasting. That's very good. Mm. Um, The next guy, someone we've been kind of talking about a little bit. um, And that's Madison Bumgarner, who goes from unranked to popping up at number 77. I know. Are we we sleeping on him a bit too much? I will say this before I uh, give it over to you back down to 89 yesterday. Oh, not. Yeah. Back not down. Ideal. Not great, Bob, because originally no. two starts ago, he was like, oh, 91. All right, here we go. Yeah. And then back down to 89, I think. So spin rates are up, which is good. I, uh,
2: if he's, if he's settling at 89, then I'm not happy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I could easily be bringing him back down the next one. I don't like the fact either that it is San Diego and Coors to start this. <laughs> um, but I will say a massive bum gardener at 91 through the year should be way better than last year. And he's not going to be limited. Like if you're looking for a quality start getter, i uh, bum garner could be a, an absolute steal for you and i really wanted to highlight that considering there are so many question marks at this point and if you tell me that hey it's a third start of the year and my bum garner is averaging 91 i'm like yeah i want to buy in on that
1: yeah yeah i'm with you on that the next guy that i wanted to bring up um you know it's funny. There are guys that you know. As as we are growing our friendship, and it has been almost five years now. Correct? Almost, yeah, yeah. Mean, yeah. I'd say five years uh, from the start of April is when you sent me that wonderful email. Fast, yes, exactly. So it's what's one what, of what one of the joys of our friendship has been uh, watching us grow, watching us uh, experience pictures as they grow together. Yeah, right. Oh, and our yeah, relationship, right. it's like our about childhoods. those pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And one of the ones who we talked about two or three years ago that I was like, Oh, is this guy good? And you were like, I don't know if he's good. And then now he could be good. Uh, is Eliezer Hernandez. Yeah. Right? I remember I remember this conversation. I uh, and
2: he has a really nice slider. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Yeah. And uh, I it, it's it's a little frustrating. Um I'm putting him here at eighty four because I am recognizing the strikeout upside. Uh he does he can have like a twenty five percent strikeout rate. Uh, and you see Andrew Heaney at seventy eight. He's only there because he's gonna do that, and hopefully without a terrible whip, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Heaney hasn't had higher than a one point three whip, which is really nice. It's baddie arrays, but that's another story. Uh, Eliezer mm-hmm. Hernandez could be something of a Heaney light in that way, but uh, I don't I don't know if he's going to develop the fastball and anything else like a changeup or whatever to really to really uh, nullify like the fact that he goes like five innings a start, if that. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, hey, I recognize that maybe something changed and maybe something's there because he has a decent foundation, that slider. And at this point, he has a rotation spot. He's number four for Miami. Uh, take a chance. See what happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you as well. He's, I mean he's another one of those guys that it's a fun flyer to like take a step back and and see uh see what's yeah, going on with him two other guys that we could get to them because they fell quite a bit uh christian javier and dustin may so let's get some quick hits on why they why you hate them
2: oh okay all right <laughs> so, all right so buddy much. so um, much i think i talked about it like in two podcasts ago or so a christian javier um I think his fastball isn't that good, and mm. he also loses stamina as he goes through uh, through the game. Yeah. He starts off like ninety three and changes, and by the end it's like ninety one. Mm. And I do like his breaking ball, and I do actually think that will p- perform better than it did last season. But Javier, I don't think has the full r- or the full arsenal that makes me very confident in a given start. And he's a streaming option, but not really one that I want to be drafting. Uh, well, Dustin May, to me, is the clear number seven. Uh, on the Dodgers. I put Gonsolin, he dropped 13 spots at 79 uh, because he's thrown three times in the spring for just six innings. Mm. And it's just not conducive to someone who's going to be starting out of the gate. That's just not how it is at the moment. And it's so frustrating because Gonsolin's really really good. He just won't, you know, it's going to be a complete headache. And I think it's going to be even a bigger one for Dustin May who isn't as good as Tony Gonsolin for your fantasy teams. So... <laughs> I dropped them both significantly.
1: Now, I saw this interesting tidbit. Well, first, of all, I agree about Christian Javier. I think when you take a guy who loses his stamina and compound that with a guy who's known for not having the best command, that can be a really perfect Ooh. storm to ruin a bunch of your starts. Um, yeah. The uh, what I want to say about Dustin May, I had just seen this earlier today from the at future Dodgers account. He says in both 2019 and 2020, Dustin May threw 50% sinkers, about 6% four seamers. Today, this was March 15th, and the Dodgers' first spring training game with StatCast, he's thrown 40% sinkers and nearly 30% four seamers, which is very, very interesting. I also don't know, and he notes definitely something to monitor moving forward that was at future Dodgers. Um, I don't know if that means they might want to use him in the bullpen more. I don't know if that means they still want to make him a starter, but they want to get away from the sinker a little bit more. But once, as he noted, very interesting thing to keep track of. More four-seamers are a good thing for Dustin May. Uh, I agree. It
2: does tally up to 70% fastballs, though. Mm. And that's, I mean, I, I think I think we can both agree that one of the biggest uh, holes in that arsenal is a lack of a proper <laughs> width pitch. Sure. Right? And, uh, you know, if we don't see, I, I feel like the 94-mile-per-hour cutter should be missing more bats. It just isn't. Mm. Uh, so until we really see that, I mean, maybe the four-seamer can act like that pitch elevated. Uh, we'll see. But seeing 70% heaters uh, is a little weird. And it, it's very rare for a starter to ex- uh, to, to be amazing with that. Like, Lancelina is one of the exceptions
1: at the moment. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. The last uh, last couple people we want to get to is tier 14, the final tier on this new list. Uh, and we'll start with Caleb Smith, who's fallen out of uh, the top 80 and into the bottom 90s at 93. What came into that drop?
2: Right. So you guys, you guys know how I feel about Caleb Smith. Um, and I don't feel it's so much different. I, what we saw last year was just kind of a wasted season. Uh, where he did have the velocity that we wanted, which is around 92 miles per hour. He got it back, but he didn't have the command with the Marlins, and then he missed I think it was six weeks because of COVID, and then got dealt to the Diamondbacks, and then didn't really come back until September. Yeah, It it was just not fair. Uh, So we got this lost season for Caleb Smith. Now he's the number three in Arizona, which is great, but then he gets the Padres first, and it's a situation where if you were getting, like with John Means, you can't not draft him and then pick him up after his first two starts, Mm. right? Because he's going to be drafted and then held by someone. Caleb Smith though, no one's going to draft him and he's not going to be picked up for the San Diego Padres, but maybe for the Cincinnati Reds, he can pick him up. If he's showing the good things you want to see in the Padres, maybe against the nationals. After that, the Reds may be better. I'm a little, I don't know how I feel about the Reds offense yet.
1: Where, where where's that game? Uh, it is in Arizona. Well, that makes me a little more interested. I'm, I would be worried in, in uh, Great American, but that, that makes me a little bit more interested. It's, it's no more Coors Light for you? No, it's no more Coors Light. And I think that Cincinnati is just like literally a, a, a home run haven. And uh, sure. I, I, those fly ball guys scare me in that well, park.
2: Well, his fourth starts in Cincinnati.
1: Okay, that scares me. Uh, at, at that point, hopefully we'll know a little bit more about what we're dealing with when it comes to him. Uh, so let's go through these final... I, I, I'm going to hit on just the unranks because I like to end, as we know, on a positive note here. And these are four guys who have made the leap from complete and utter irrelevance to your top 100. Uh, and I and I like that. They're not irrelevant, being tongue-in-cheek here. Uh, so that's Trevor Rogers, Josh Lindblom, and then to wrap it up, at 99-100. Love your new 100, by the way, because mm. it, it really packs that 100... <laughs> yeah it really uh, does right <laughs> it does uh so 99 is tj antone and 100 if, if you don't know what we're talking about like nick and i both feel that there's like there's a certain kind of person who has to go at 100 yep. right? and and for you now that's rich hill so why don't yeah. we start with rogers and then work our way down sure so rogers he's an interesting arm yeah um
2: and the fact that he has the fifth spot in miami is a bit appealing to me I uh, a good fastball mid-90s a uh, really nice change up and a slider that maybe can take another step to be more of a whiff heavy offering that can add up, you know, and we haven't really seen a whole lot of Rogers so far. What that often means is over time guys can get better. So I'm not going to ignore Trevor Rogers. I feel like he should be on your radar not necessarily the guy you need to be drafting. Uh, but I'm in the team league with 18 teams and I'm wondering if Trevor Rogers is someone that I do want to, to trust her. That is uh, that is like the coolest league by the way. It's amazing. We've been talking about all the wacky leagues, but like the guillotine league. It's 18 teams. Every single week is a points league and it erases the previous week. Whoever has the lowest point total is out of the league. And then we just do it again the next week where that team's entire roster goes into the waiver wire and we all bid. We have $1000 the entire season. It's a crazy league. Uh I'm just excited because that means after I lose the third week, I don't have to care about that league anymore. (laughs) But he gets... Okay, so Trevor Rogers gets the Cardinals the first week, and that might be a very sneaky start hosted in Miami. Mm. Um, He does get the Braves after, followed by two against the Giants. So really save for the Braves. I'm not too terrified of those early matchups. That can work out for
1: Trevor Rodgers. So something to think about there. And then what I agree with you, I think, you know, it's... They keep putting out these great pitchers. Sometimes they trade them for no reason, uh, but they keep showing that sometimes the system can be really beneficial in Miami. And I think that's that's important to know. So I think he is kind of a fun flyer to take there. Uh, what about Josh Lindblom? Yeah, Josh Lindblom. Um, well, fast. Why did I put Josh Lindblom here? I, I think it's, the you know, the the excitement of some of the changes that he made in the offseason. He's got some nice breaking pitches uh, and we're, we're at the back end of the top 100. You in particular are looking for upside. And I think when you can combine upside with innings this late, that's usually going to be a benefit. He could get you a few wins. He's obviously, like I said, going to get you a good amount of innings. The four seam pairs really well, or at least the changes that he made with the four seam pair well with the curveball. There are, of course, warts. This is the back end of the top 100 command being one of them. But there's promise
2: right right i mean look at a 27 percent strikeout rate last year uh i don't expect that again but if he can lower his array from a five and change uh and which i think he certainly can he'll get the innings as you mentioned so yeah,
1: yeah this is uh why not let's see what happens with josh lumblum and the final two tj Antone and and number 100 rich hill yeah so tj
2: Antone. i know a lot of people i think are higher at the moment on Antone because wade miley doesn't look to be in the rotation to start the year and anton would have it there was a small injury scare with anton as well i think still yeah the I, groin yeah but i i think he's okay from my understanding i uh, tj anton though to me uh last year he was a streamer i remember this so distinctly like he was all set two weeks away from it this is what happens when you're in september and you focus on starting pitchers and you're so into fantasy baseball like okay I see that the Reds are going to have a doubleheader on that Monday against the Pirates. they going to need another starter, and that would be right in line with when TJ Antone will be ready. Okay, in two weeks, I'm going to get ready to roster TJ Antone for that one Monday. I was so excited, and then he, they threw him out there on Saturday against the Cardinals, and he didn't do well. Hmm. And I was just so upset. And But that's the thing, though. Antone was someone I was considering for that good matchup, not as, oh, he's in the rotation? Great, I want to pick him up everywhere. And I still kind of feel that way where Anton isn't I don't think he quite has that consistency across his stuff yet. Really nice slider when it works and everything It's just not quite enough that I would draft him and start him regularly yet. So just just be you know, be aware of Anton.
1: Yeah, the Reds are, you know, they kind of have this weird type, and I think it's why they call him Spincennati, where like they have guys like him or Michael Lorenzen or even a Lucas Sims or an Amir Garrett or even Robert Stevenson, where they're like, oh, they've got this one or sometimes two pitches where you're like, oh, that's a dirty pitch, but can right. you not walk 17 guys? Um, so he's another one where it's like, I think I'm also, now that the community is so in love with him, I'm like, well, oh, someone else can really kind of deal with that. And we also don't know if he's like, I mean, they showed that he's probably not going to be in the rotation if everyone's healthy, right? They right, showed yeah. that he's probably going to be a back end of the rotation guy. So that, that worries me a little bit, too, about, you know, if you spend a high draft pick and Wade Miley does come back, he clearly seems to be a part of their plans. But uh, that brings us to number 100, someone we might have forgotten about a little too much. And sure, has looked pretty good in spring. He's on a great team, obviously. And, and that's Rich Hill. And I, I do want to mention really quickly on Anton, I'm sorry.
2: Uh, I yeah. sinker, sinker, uh, sub 50% zone rate, sub 20% no swing, sub 5% swing strike rate. It cost 230 through on last year. Mm. It's not a good pitch. It, it just isn't. Slider was a strike getting offering at 57% zone rate and 19% swing strike rate and 60 WRC plus. But I'm not convinced that that pitch alone with a curveball that can get strikes. I uh, is enough. So that that I just want you guys to understand what is the makeup of Anton, because a lot of people might not really know. Definitely read hmm. Michael Ahedo's article on it. But yeah, Rich Hill, he still exists. Like I think <laughs> every single year. This is what happens though. There are certain pictures that are like, oh yeah, he exists. Tyson Ross was one of them back in 2018. Oh uh, wow. Trevor Cahill as well was like, oh yeah, right, he's doing things. Annabelle Sanchez did things. As they get old, you know, they're guys that like go through injuries and are getting up there in age that have had successful seasons that we just kind of forget about. I think honestly, Chris Archer is another one I almost put at 100, mm. but both of them have showcased a ceiling before. Rich Hill has pretty much not been bad when he's been starting. And despite me last year seeing him pitch at like 86 miles per hour and going, this is a ticking time bomb, and it never really came to fruition. Yeah. Uh, maybe it works. I mean, He's not getting younger, which you've heard twenty million times on podcasts like this one, but maybe he's still got a little bit of juice left in him. So, good luck, Rich Hill. We're all counting on you.
1: Yeah, and also, like, um, there's no doubts about it. Injury concern, but right. But when the when the floor is lowered, or when the ceiling is lowered, I should say, in terms of how many people are going to get 180 innings, and that being the new 200, as Eno said in the last podcast, if he gets you 120 innings, 100 innings, and their quality. It's interesting.
2: Who cares about 120 innings. Mm-hmm. I, I just want him to do well for the first start of April. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, good point. You're not looking it's, for that bulk 100. at the back end
2: Yeah, yeah. B- bulk bulk is something you find through the year. Like I I this is what I've been what I've been trying to tell you about Shohei Otani fast. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the innings total with it. Once I've got my four guys across the other four roster spots i will find the total innings yeah i'm not like a lot of these all of them really i'm just like hey can i get them at some point and then have like a good 50 inning stretch with them during the yeah. year that that's if you're thinking of it like that you can oh man you can explode no i don't know the if best
1: way i don't know if trevor huth heard it the way you know he's listening right now i don't know if he heard it the way i heard it but i think what you just said is i don't care about and then you paused, and then said, "Shohei Ohtani," um, how which dare is you. Which how is dare true. you do this? Uh, I, I uh...
2: cannot wait. I cannot <laughs> wait for Ohtani to be like just a, a amazing. Bomb, yeah. And even here's the thing: we can both be right. Like he can have an amazing April, and then be hurt and be done for the year. And I feel like that would be a win for me, and a win. No. For you. Yeah, yes. you're crazy. You're crazy. That would be a win for me. That would be like a full month of like ace production you just got essentially for what uh,
1: the 200th pick of your draft. It, it'll all depend on where people take him. Right now he's up to like 160 in the draft. So. What? Uh yeah. I, I've, but I've also 180 in Fantasy Pros. Remember, I will say you took him in a Eli- in Yahoo though, which I think does knock his value having him as two different people.
2: Well, I mean, I'm assuming the whole thing I'm talking about, yeah, is as two different people.
1: Okay. All yeah. right. Um well, Nick that was a fun one. It feels yeah. good to be back into the groove of just doing these top 100s. And this is, you know, I, I imagine next week we'll do a little bit of that and maybe dive into m- some of mine about what the, some of the changes yes. are in mine. Uh, yeah, that's
2: what we're doing on Monday.
1: Uh, that's what we're doing on Monday. And then we're going to get right back into the groove of things. Spring is here. Spring has sprung. It's been absolutely lovely. Uh, and we're, we're talking pitching every day. And that's great. But I think it's going to do it. I think it's going to yes. do it for episode number 250 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm your next host, Nick Pollock.
2: And we'll talk to you guys next week.